course, and be glad in it. Thank our God, our Father, who loves us as we say thank you, Dad, uh, for being an awesome God. And thank you to our fathers, amen, on this Father's Day. We give homage and recognition uh, to our Father. We join you. We invite you to join us and to worship right where you are, those who join us here in the saints. We invite you to join us as we know how we want to welcome everyone to worship and bless our God a little something like this. Oh, 
praise Him for what He has done. Amen. As we are grateful for our God, we want to look at this text this morning to worship Him. In the reading of His Word, we're coming to the Testament, Joshua, the 24th chapter. For the lift up there, hearing in verses 14 through 21. But we will be staying in this text to the end, uh, looking at this text. But I want to read Old Testament, Joshua 24, chapter, verse 14. I'll be reading from the Living a Translation. Let us have a moment of prayer. Mighty God, we ask for enlightenment yes. in the reading of your word, that we will grow in this knowledge of your truth. Father, prepare our hearts to receive everything that you have for us and through your holy scripture, we pray. Amen. Amen. What of God reads, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness through our enemies. He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. And Joshua warned the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. But the people answered Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Praise God for his word. Amen. Let's continue to worship him through his
Know that before you even chose him, he chose to love you, care for you, and provide for you. God establishes covenant for you before you even accepted the consequences. Will you keep your part of the covenant for God forever? Faith is going to keep his. The blessing of God's covenant was already accepted and provided by the blood of Jesus. Those who reject this covenant will receive the punishment already there for them. We know John 3.16, but if you look at verse 18 and 19, it says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged. For not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based in this fact. Light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Prior to this new covenant established through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God had this covenant with his children of Israel. Known to us as the Mosaic Covenant, this Mosaic Covenant established on Mount Sinai, Joshua is now reminding them, now that they are in the Promised Land. Joshua calls to the remembrance that God commands their fidelity in response to his record of love and provision and protection for them through those many years in the wilderness. The question Joshua raises to them is after he calls the record, as he points out to them how faithful God has been to them, what will they do from now on? God's victory for Israel over Egypt, God's victory over the enemies as they went through the promised land. Joshua's now saying, you need to choose today whom you will serve. Verse 14 makes it so clearly. He says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors. Worship when they live beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. This is not hard for them to grasp as you open up this statement because they understand how they now learn, definitely now modern day Israel knows this. So fear the Lord your God only and worship, for the Lord God is one. They understand that they cannot serve any other gods. To fear God is not to be frightened of him or to be scared of him, but to be in awe of him, to be amazed of him, to look at him with wonder and astonishment of how great, how magnificent, how awesome he is. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You're seeing here in this text, there's a contrast that we got to choose. If I'm going to do what is good, then I'm going to do what is wise. But if I do what is evil, then I do what is foolish. we got to choose each and every day of our lives whom we're going to serve. Are we going to serve the Lord our God? Are we going to serve ourselves? To fear the Lord is to seek after him, to know him, and to love him, and to put our selfish, our selfish ways to the side. He made it very clear. He says, put away forever the idols of your ancestors. Serve the Lord wholeheartedly is to be faithful, is to be trusting, to be worthy of all that he calls. Jesus made it very clear that we can't serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one or love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. 
Some of our idols are not some graven images or not some statues. It might be the green that we were. We will spend more time at the office, more time at work, just to get some money that we do at home with our family, that we do with our friends, that we do with anybody else. And we're working so hard just so we can have money, but we yet don't have a life. And now what Christ made very clear, what is a man profit to gain the whole world? But loses his soul. To serve the Lord is to worship him. To worship him is to serve him. Sometimes we make worship mean only when we come to church on Sunday and we sing songs. But worship is your reasonable act of service. The way you live is worship. When you are being gracious to somebody, that's worshiping God. When you are being kind to somebody, that is worshiping God. When you are being benevolent and caring and giving to someone, that is worshiping God. When you're able to turn the other cheek, that is Worshiping God. When someone gets on your last nerve and you bless them and don't curse them, that's worshiping God. We get caught up sometimes the only time I can worship, I can make it to the house. But right where you are, you are the living temple. You are the temple of the living God. And you are the worshiper right where you are. Tell yourself, you can worship right where you are. So serving the Lord means every day I'm choosing to worship him, to honor him, realizing that I want to represent him, I want to fellowship with him, that I am the temple of the living God. And I was created to be holy, created to worship him, so let me start right now, right where I am. Serving God will help you to focus on what matters most. This will encourage you to remove the distractions, remove those things that are not like him. Now, we need to picture what we want in God. And how do we picture what we want in God? we got to first look in the world to show us what God looks like. We know who he is and he shows us in this world what grace looks like, what mercy looks like. The, the challenge that we have living in this world is that when people give us a Christian principle, a theological principle, they give it with a secular content. And one, one of those secular principles uh, Concept they give to a theological principle is forgiveness. See, forgiveness in the world doesn't make sense. Because when you forgive somebody in the world, it means you're letting them go. It means you're letting them get away with doing evil and doing wrong. But that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness means I do let go. Forgiveness does not mean that they will not serve justice. Forgiveness does not mean that they will not pay the penalty. God, God is going to make sure judgment is done. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. But when we forgive, we realize that I am not God. I am not just. So, so who am I to put penalty on somebody else? That's why we get excited when we read Romans 8. Therefore, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But yet, when we know Christ, we want to deal other people if he was wrong. But how can we quote this verse? There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. We want to deal with some other people because of how they hurt us. How they let us down. But then if you start being true and start being reflective, how have you heard God? How have you let him down? We, we are not as good as you tell people we are. Sometimes we're not as good as we tell ourselves. But we get true and be real with it, understand that we serve a holy God and a God that he's calling us to daily humble ourselves before him and submit our lives before him. That we can focus on what matters and realize that we not get caught up with the things that are not of him, but that we seek what reminds me of him. So I got to remove these items. I got to remove these distractions that will lead me down the wrong direction. I got to put away these idols forever. This is a constant day. Of training and development. It's, it's springtime now, moving into summer, right? And we get the hot days, but yet many of us know that you are having a time that you can water your, your yard, you can water your flowers, but what's always going to show up is weeds. 
You can have a one day perfect looking lawn, perfect looking garden, but the next day the weeds will sprout them. So what you gotta, you gotta remove them. And you want your, your yard to look perfect forever, which means for every, every day that you gotta work in that yard. And the days you don't work, right, they're gonna show up, it's gonna be there. So it's the same things in our lives that we gotta be wise to realize there's some idols I'm seeking. There's some idols we have brought in. And then sometimes we gotta do some cleaning. Says, what, how did you get in here? How, well, how long will I let you stay in here? I gotta remove you and let you out. Joshua makes it clear in verse 15 says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, and basically saying here is that if it's not reasonable for you to serve the Lord, he, another way he's kind of using this hyperbole, this word of saying, if it's too hard for you to serve the Lord, if it's not agreeable to you to serve the one who loves you, who cares for you, who's provided you, who's protects you, who's been good to you. If, if it's too hard for you to do something with someone who loves you unconditionally, he's saying, well, then choose to think. He, he let you know, say, hey, I'm not going to switch your arm. Don't, don't fool me now. Don't, don't lie to me now. Don't smile on my face or stab me in the back. Just tell me right now what it is. Are you going to serve the one that is good, that is pleasing, that is perfect, or is it too hard for you? Now, here's the challenge, right, about why is it so hard. Here's the challenge he's giving them, saying, it's easier to please a God that has no rules. I can please an idol that I make up because I make the rules as I go along. And it's easy to do that, right? That's, that's sort of like a kid that plays a game by their rules. They always win. No, no, I change the rules. So if you do this and that and that, then you win. I win. Right? So it's easy that way, right? But it's hard to play by the rules. If you didn't play by the rules, I could score 100 points in the basketball game. If I could just roll the ball down to the hoop. But if you got a baby dribble, then I might not, you know, make it to the basket. <laughs> play by the rules, right? And so here it is that God is saying, I've given you what you ought to do. I've called you to be set apart. Not to be like the people that I have removed from this place. I've given you a land you did not plant. I gave you cities that you did not build. I provided for you and given this freely to you. Will you follow what the covenant I established with you on Mount Sinai through Moses? When they made that covenant, uh, there was a mountain, two mountains that passed through, and there was a blessings and a curse. The blessings for the obedience to the covenant, and then the curses for the disobedience to the covenant. And, and, and we understand that God let them know that I'm making this covenant. If you do what I ask you, you will be blessed, but if you don't, then you will be punished. So Josh is making clear that uh, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods check this, of the Amorites in whose land you live now? Uh, what is agreeable to you? If you follow God, then that is agreeable to you. But if you do not follow God, you're saying it's not agreeable with you. What Joshua wants to point out to them as Jesus made it clear in Revelation is that God does not want you lukewarm. Revelation 3.16 says, But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God is not going to let you just kind of be teeter-totter, stay on the fence. you got to be in or you will be out. And so he's pointing out to them that what is good for you? Here's the thing that many of us do in life when you got to make choices and you have to decide what is the best. You, you weigh the pros and the cons. 
And so when he looks at them and says, so, so let's look, what's the pros? What's the cons? Would you prefer your gods or your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates? And so these gods are basically to, to refer back to Abraham, who came from Ur beyond the Euphrates River before they moved towards the, the, the west, towards Egypt, and to where they now live in the promised land. They were living with foreign gods when God called him out. From a land he did not know into a land yet to be promised to him. So, will you serve those gods? So he's going way back in your heritage and your history. Will you go back before they knew God and serve them? Then he emphasized before God uh, called them, what about the gods of Babylon? Are you going to serve them? The idol worship influence you are now living in in this area. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in now? Now, this is kind of a stinger moment. This is like a, a snapback moment. He's, this is when he's really trying to flame them, heat them up, and injure them. He's saying, Are you going to serve the God that's already been defeated? See, in the time of the near ancient East, they believed in polytheism, believed in a lot of gods, and believed that if you had victory in another region where another god was, that means that God has been defeated. And so basically, said, are you going to be on the losing team, or are you going to be on the winning team? So he's saying to them that you want to worship the God that's been defeated, or the God's land you're living in now, you want to worship him, or the one who gave you this land. We have to choose. Who will we serve? What will you say when it comes to make that choice? Joshua does not leave any question for them. Well, he's made up his mind. He says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But he says, for me and my house, he's pointing out not just my family, but my service. Anyone that comes under my rulership, we have decided that we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, Joshua made this choice for day and forever. He said, there's no looking back. This is my choice I am going to make. I'm going to choose to serve God. And here's how Joshua's able to serve him, because Joshua knows how good God is. See, Joshua's a little bit different than everybody else here, because Joshua was with them in Egypt. This new generation, they all didn't make it. Uh, only few of them made it. Him and Canaan were the ones that made it. Everybody else died in the wilderness before they crossed the river Jordan to get into the Joshua knows that I've seen God make sour water, bitter water sweet. I've seen God bring water out of a rock. I've seen God give us man and everything. I've seen how my sandals and my same clothes never worn out on the 40 years I've been on this journey. I've seen God bless us walk through dry land. Not once, but twice. I went through the Red Sea. I went through the River Jordan on dry land. I've seen God do amazing things or make the wall come tumbling down. How he made the sun sit still. How he held up Moses' arm and God gave us as long as Moses' arms were held up. Joshua said, I've seen what God can do. So I've made up my mind. Anybody here see what God can do? That you can look over your record and count about how he's been good to you, how he delivered you, how he saved you, how he helped you out, he brought you through some hard times, some hardships, some times when you were about to lose your mind, times you're about to give up and give in, but God stepped in and showed you his power. Shows you his grace. Shows you his mercy. The record is given to them of what they have done. Joshua has spoke this prior to the verses we read in verse 14. But the people were perceived this. They understand this. Because they, they responded saying, man, that sounds good. Because look what they said in verse 16. The people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve 
other gods. For the Lord our God is the one that gives a record here, who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. This is, this is the distance part. They were not slaves in Egypt. Their ancestors were. And so here it is that they didn't understand as children what was going on with their ancestors living in this place, but they understand that that's where we came from. This is our heritage. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. They choose God. They say that they will never abandon him. They say that they will forsake all these idol gods. They choose the God who rescued them from slavery in the land of Egypt. They choose the God who performed the mighty miracle. They choose the God that preserved them in the wilderness and, and preserved them from their enemies. They choose the God who drove out the Amorites and the other nations before them. They choose the God and so therefore they will destroy the idols. Now, again, how oftentimes uh, we may not know what it costs, right? And we make a commitment. Uh, I give this advice oftentimes, this is some free advice for you who may not go through my marital counseling. I say that you can never say you're ready because you don't know. So you just have to prepare the foundation for when you get to what you don't know. You're ready to handle it because you got something to fall back on. And so basically, you got to make sure that you have to make sure you are committed. That's it. If you are committed, you really don't work out anything else. Because when everybody wants to give up, as long as you commit, that's all it needs. As you, as you know, if you are on a ladder, right, and, and, and one wrong break or one still working, you can hold on to the one that's working. I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on to this one. Because <laughs> help comes here some way, somehow. And here's the same thing about our God that we need to understand. That we, we say we want to do some things, but hearts are going to come. Trials are going to come. And I'm so glad that God knows what we're going to deal with. That's why he sent Jesus. But before they sent Jesus, they had to make sacrifices in the temple. And the reason why they had to make sacrifices, God knows you're going to mess up. You're not always going to do right. So you need to have atonement. You need to have atonement, which was about the shedding of blood. And here it is that some of the most shocking statements we get in our Bible. And Joshua hears them say that, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to be faithful. We're never going to let God down. So then Joshua warns the people. You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. But the people asked Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. You are a witness to our own decision. Joshua said, you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied. We are witness to what we have said. All right then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God we will obey him alone. He's challenging them to see, I need to be faithful. Uh, in order for you to be faithful, I want you really to have 
conscience about the words you're about to commit, uh, the spoken words you're about to say. Uh, you're saying you're going to be covenant, this covenant relationship you're going to have with God, that you're going to be forever faithful to him. And so in order for you to be forever faithful to him, Joshua points out, well, then you need to start today removing every eye. Now, now this should be shocking. How are they walking through the wilderness right now and they still have idols? And, and this is the God that, that, that was about to destroy them when they made the golden calf. And yet they, they still got idols. God only knows y'all, y'all, y'all playing with me. You, 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 you are following me because things are good now, but when things get rough, you want to turn back to some stuff that you made up. And it's easier for you to please because they're not giving you any commands. But you're going to blame me when things go wrong. He warned them, and you are not able to serve the Lord. And here's the, here's the, the character of God. He's a jealous God. Now, when we say that God's a jealous God, this is what it is. that uh, God does not want you uh, to look to other gods to do what only he can do. But here's the thing. Uh, God will let you know that if you want to turn to them, you want to suffer when you turn back to him. That's why we heard, and we would say it oftentimes, right, in times of mourning, in times of pain, times of fasting, we said for Second Chronicles, right, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, right, Repentance. So he's saying that you are in this situation now because you have turned from me. Because you've turned from me, you're in pain, you're in punishment. But if you repent, you humble yourself and turn back, then I will hear from heaven. I will heal the like Joshua's pointing this out before they established the, the tabernacle that our same God wants you to be faithful and turn to him. Choose fidelity to God. Be faithful to God. It requires you to daily to clean up your life. And daily remove these idols. What are these idols? Uh, to many of us, our idols is, is in our back pocket. When we take it out every few seconds and look at it. We scroll up on it, we play a game on it, we take a picture on it. And we, we put it back down, we're doing something, and then we pull our idol right back out. We've got all of our attention. Because the challenge is that you, you can't leave home without that. But you leave home with God, without God all the time. You first thing you do, you wake up in the morning and kick that gadget. But you just say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. You, you, you be clicked in. If you were gone for a long time away from that, you get that. Any missed messages? Any missed calls? But you missed time praying to God, talking to God, conversing with God. You see, God knows the, the, the issues we have in our heart. That's why we have to spend time in prayer. Psalm 19, 12, and 14 says, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. And then may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are my rock and my redeemer. See that prayer in the psalmist saying, God, I know I have some issues. And, and I want you to expose those to me, those ones I'm not aware of that I'm doing, of exposure, but I also know the ones I like them. <laughs> Forgive me for my deliverance. Forgive me for the times I delivered, I got mad. I tell somebody something about themselves when I should have blessed them and not cursed them. 
Forgive me, God, for times I lose control. But also, God, show me those things that make it easier for me to lose control because I let some things sneak in in my life. I let some things hinder my growth. God knows our hearts. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So God is a jealous God that does not want us to give our worship, our praise, our attention more to somebody else. Again, that we are called to be holy and to serve a holy God. We got to daily make a choice to serve Him, daily prepare ourselves to worship Him, to serve Him, to show how we are His children by submitting to the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. The Lord God will lead you and help you to remove these idols in your life. That's why we are taught in the, in the Lord's Prayer, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Look what he that they, they said that, that God protected us, he provided for us, so they know what God has done, and what God has done, God can do, and God will do. But yet, here's our issue, and this is what Paul says in Romans 7 chapter, let me read verses 17 to 25 to help conclude this message. So I'm not the one doing wrong, it is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered the principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Choose Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Choose to serve the one who died for you and set you free. Choose the one who can do all things with you. Choose the one who is able to speak and it happens. Choose the one who made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dumb to talk, and gave the dead life. Choose the one that died on the cross that you might have everlasting life. I want to tell you to make your choice today. Whom will you serve? The choice is yours. Will you be like God to say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We know how good he's been to us. We understand that by ourselves, he can't do it by ourselves. We're just like Paul, our whole wretched man and my beloved. That we are not perfect, but the perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God, died on the cross so that we might be forgiven. 
And since we are forgiven, we are to repent and, and turn back, live righteously with Him, daily clean up. So it's a daily choice. The choice is yours. Who will you serve? Who will you choose? Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have chosen us before we even understood how great you love us. You show us what love is. And so, Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts and to our minds. Reveal to us, Lord, our deliberate sins, O oh God, and our secret faults that we may confess to you. So that the words of our mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable, Lord, on thy sight, for you are a rock and our redeemer. Lord, I pray that someone does not know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, they confess to them. And they give their life to you, that they may know you as our calling Father. And know a love, an unconditional love that comes only from God the Father. And the Father, when they believe that he died, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, and he defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. And though we exhaust you, Jesus, now you will see the right hand of God the Father in majesty. Father, I pray they don't have a church home or the facility to guide them and lead them to a church believing, church teaching, Bible teaching, so that they can grow in the admonition of your word and your spirit. But Father, we just thank you for the word we receive today. Search our hearts, search our minds, let us reflect, God. What is it that we can remove out of our lives? Lord, what will be allowed to come in as hinder us from daily seeking after you, daily serving you, daily pleasing you? Now, Father, have that own way. Lord, take everything that's not like you and remove it and fill us up with more of you. So we have more of your love, more of your grace, more of your mercy. We want more of you, Lord, in our lives, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship. You can continue to worship us and join us through a time of ties and offer. We're ready to give God this offer here. You can also give online to our website, www.zionbcgeorgia.com. And also, you can download the app for iOS for joy services. You can also text and give through the app as well. As we're ready to give God this ties and offer, let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. It already belongs to you. Lord, we ask you to bless desires for those who have or have not. But also bless those who have to give. Lord, we thank you that you do all things well, that you provide our every need. So thank you, Lord, that we can't outgive you. But thank you, Lord, for the desire that we can give back what already belongs to you. And bless those, Lord, who are unable to give. But Lord, bless them with your presence, your love, your grace, and continue your provision in their lives. And the Father, the gifts that come for me as to bless it, multiply it, and increase it for the work of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe stand in as uh, freely come to give folks your tithes and your offering. Thank you for joining us online. God bless.